I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. In the fast-paced world of attacking, speed is everything. And that's where the Furon 7 Plus shines. Engineered for accuracy and precision at a rapid pace, it's your secret weapon on the pitch. Experience overall comfort and precise striking, even in the game's fastest moments. The nylon outsole with its V-shaped stud configuration is designed for firm ground, giving you the grip you need to outmaneuver your opponents. Step up your attacking game and learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. No one. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. All right, thank you everybody for hanging out with First and Pod. Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. Every game, every team, every week. If you are listening to this on the fan in Pittsburgh or the score in Chicago and soon to be 610 in Kansas City. We appreciate you. Subscribe, rate, review. We are a twice a week NFL podcast recording this after a very exciting game where I feel like every star player uh, in the game had something interesting happen in Cowboys and Seahawks 41-35, a final score. Pony, I mean, dealer's choice. Where do you want to begin with this one? Well, okay, I'm going to start with no punts. We had a shootout game and a game where it was a primetime game with a marquee team. It was an offensive uh, eruption, and we haven't had a lot of those this year. Chiefs, Dolphins, build as that. Had the second half of the Bills and Eagles game last week. Eagles, Chiefs on Monday night. We, we've had games that maybe had this potential. First time all year, it's really happened. Uh, the penalties in the game didn't ruin it for me. There were a ton of penalties, uh, over 250 penalty yards, and many of them were of the questionable variety. And at times, entire possessions were mired by flag after flag after flag. But because there was so much playmaking in the game, it did not detract enough for this game to ruin it. So it was a storyline, but it's not something that I think becomes the A1 a topic from it. And then the last thing I wrote down here, Danny, is this. I wrote Jerry Jones down because I don't think Jerry Jones, as it turns out, gets enough credit for something. That is his quarterbacks. He's had two franchise quarterbacks over the last 15 years. Tony Romo, who was undrafted, 
and Dak Prescott, who he got in the fourth round. You cover a franchise who, if I'm not mistaken, has never had a quarterback throw for 30 touchdowns in a season. Is that correct? Never, Chicago. never, never for thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, never 4,000 yard passer, never 30 touchdowns in a season. Yeah. The Steelers are in a questionable spot right now, too, post Ben Roethlisberger. They went a long time in between Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger, the team that I love and cover here in Pittsburgh. Jerry Jones, it is so difficult to go really good quarterback to really good quarterback. And he's done that with an undrafted guy in a fourth round pick. And I never hear people give him credit for that. That's like that's like Hall of Fame level general managing, Danny. I know well, neither one of those guys has won a Super Bowl and none of them have been an all pro, but it's top 10 quarterback play from two guys who you didn't use big draft picks or big money on. You know, and the thing is, is that like Will McClay is the guy who's the, the actual guy who grinds all the tape and they pay him a ton of money to basically be anonymous. But because Jerry likes to have the title of GM, but I, I don't believe that Jerry Jones is just grinding hundreds of hours of tape ahead of the draft. It's this dude, Will McClay and his scouting staff, but Jerry gets to get all the credit. But to your point, it is a great job. And I do not think that Dak had this in him, Me neither. Especially, especially with Mike McCarthy. So I mean, I've got a lot of loud wrong on my Twitter page and in the the old audio archives of this podcast and my radio show. I did not think that they had this in them in terms of being this good of an offense. But the other thing that I do think specifically we should talk about or at least raise as a possibility. Are we sure Dallas's defense is good? Like when they play these good teams – They've got good names, and Deron Bland got cooked early, but then he had another interception, and he's obviously a tremendous gambler with great ball skills and all of that. And Parsons makes the play late when he's unblocked, and Lawrence is a stud. They obviously have a lot of talent, but they are about to play Philly, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. We are going to know before the playoffs if this team is actually a contender. And I've got a sneaking suspicion that Dallas has a real vulnerability defensively, just like Philly does on some elements of their defense. And we'll get to that game in a little bit. But do you buy, like, is it aberration or is Dallas's defense good? Because I, I think that there's a problem there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, you. You don't offer me a culpas and apologize yet about the Cowboys. Uh, it's premature. Yeah, they've scored 40 points in every home game but they blasted bad teams. Uh, McCarthy, as a offensive play caller, I think has done a fine job, probably even better than that. Still game management stuff late. They throw an incomplete pass on third down that stops the clock. Then they kick a field goal to go up six. I mean, those are the things as the head coach where he still, I think, comes up short. But you know, I looked at their numbers and I thought they've got the profile of a team that can win a Super Bowl but then you look at who they've beaten and who they lost to, and you become skeptical. They, 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 this, this is more of a survival win for them that I think it's a signature win or a win that makes me feel like they are a true contender. They needed to win this game, uh, it, but it did raise red flags defensively. There's no question about that. DK Metcalf destroyed them in this game with three touchdown receptions. So, yeah, I don't think that the – narrative on the Cowboys coming out of this game should be, 
you know, I hear Dak Prescott MVP. The numbers are there, but I still got to see him do it again. He's got to beat Philly at home to be an MVP caliber quarterback, in my opinion. He can't get swept in that rivalry and claim to be the best player in the NFL this season. All right, you want to get to the games? Let's do it. Uh, going to start with 49ers and Eagles. The 49ers are favored to win the game of the year, NFC Championship game rematch. Is that the right call that this line has gone up to three? 49ers favored by three against a team that is 27 and two in their last 29 regular season games with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Yes. My biggest bet of the year is Niners minus two and a half. Dude, they've had this game circled. They thought they were the better team. They thought they should have won the Super Bowl last year. If they had a player who could throw the ball down the field, they believe that they would have won that game. And they've been saying it since the NFC Championship game ended. And, you know, I thought they were on 17-0 watch. And they had injuries. And they had some purdy regression. And they had a bad loss. And they had that losing streak. But I still believe that 1-53, through 53, the Niners are the most talented team in the NFL. And Philly is playing a lot of close games. They are yeah. playing a lot of one-score games, including against Washington. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just because they're playing a murderer's row schedule. They are they have started slow in games. I think that this game is bigger for San Francisco than it is for Philly. Um, obviously, it's big for both teams, but Philly, they were in the NFC Championship game. They were, they were in the Super Bowl. Like, they they – this is bigger. This is a redemption thing for San Francisco. So I think the Niners are going to come out and try to make a statement in this spot. And I think that they're the better team. And I think the better team is favored. Okay. So I thought many of the same things that you just said for a long time. Um, But I'm starting to get worried about the 49ers in this game because I have yet to hear someone who I really like in this space make an argument for Philly. It's it's nearly unanimous that the 49ers are better, that they're going to get revenge, that the revenge thing has been on their minds for a long time, and it's going to play out because they have the better team from top to bottom. Now, I do think that that's true when you factor the A.J. Brown injury, and he's going to play, obviously, but he's just not been the same guy the last two games, 45 receiving yards, and there's reports out of Philly that he's dealing with a thigh injury. And if that guy is not himself, then you really have to downgrade Philly. However, what makes me nervous is they get to play the underguard card in this game big time. They have won 14 straight games against winning teams. So they find a way to win these games. And Debo Samuel, you know, what are you doing? You're calling the other guy trash, Bradbury. You're a better player than him, but come on. What are you doing here? If you're going to use the Niners, you know, they've got some kind of uh, intangible thing that they're playing for. I think that the 49ers being favored and the fact that they've bleep talked Philly so much since that game, like, hey, we would have won the game if not for the injuries. They've given them bulletin board material too. So I am weary of that because this team does have a lot of balls. And I think we could see that again on Sunday. But I'm 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 with you. I'm on San Fran. I I love them here, but it just feels like everybody loves them in a coin flip game. I think the country wants it to be a great game. 
And I think the Niners are going to win by double digits. Like I think I think that this game is going to be an ass kicking because honestly, man, dude, I, I ten or more is an ass kicking in this spot for for a road for for a road team. That's just very disrespectful towards Philly and what they've accomplished the last two years. Okay, okay, I think that they're these NFC teams are flawed, and San Francisco is not. So what's what's their weakness? San Fran? Yeah. Uh, the offensive line can have problems on the right side. They can't have right the right guard. I mean, that's what Philadelphia has got to exploit here in this game. And then you get pressure on Purdy. Right. You, Purdy you, you obviously hope for quarter. a bad Purdy game is what I thought you were going to say. And, and ask Purdy to beat you in the fourth quarter because that's not something that he's done a great job of in his career when he's playing from behind. Yep. All right, ask me the next one. Okay. You are calling an upset in Chiefs-Packers. Why and how? First of all, and I know it was a, lot, a lot of it was with, well, all of it was with Aaron Rodgers, but the Packers are great at home in December uh, in the LaFleur era. In fact, I don't think he's lost in December at home. He's won 15 games. And so this game's going to be at Lambeau. I'm not going to do the rote thing and say that the weather is going to affect Patrick Mahomes because I honestly don't believe that. But... I look at Green Bay's offense right now and what Jordan Love is doing and eight touchdowns and two interceptions in his last four games. And I think they've got the firepower to win this game. Uh, Kansas City's defense, we know how good it's played this year, how well it's played. Chris Jones is a second-tier candidate for defensive player of the year. But I just, the Chiefs wide receivers, I'm not buying that because Rasheed Rice had this huge game against the Raiders that they've got that figured out. Second half was great. First half was not good again. So I think Green Bay right now offensively is in a better spot than Kansas City. And I think the only reason why the Chiefs are favored in this game by six points is because of their reputation and what they've done to this point in the last few years. I don't I don't think they're six points better than Green Bay at Lambeau. The current Packers. Well, what about the current Chiefs and what they did against the Raiders? Yeah, I just said that. I, I'm not... I, I was more. I I put more stock into what the Packers did at Detroit. I understand that. No, I understand that. At but the I guess, Raiders. I, I guess that that they deserve. We always talk about sample size, and you need to show it over a long period of time for us to believe in you. The Chiefs should be the exception to that argument. Like if they snap back into form and look like the old Chiefs, I am inclined to flip the switch on them to okay they're fine much quicker than I would be basically anybody else that game against the Raiders. Yeah. It's just one game. It's the Raiders and all that. I understand it, but they're not going to, it's not a trap game because it's this game's on Sunday night football and it's at Lambeau. So I don't believe that the Packers are going to like catch the Chiefs sleepwalking through this this spot. And I think the chiefs know that the one seed in the arrowhead invitational Baltimore's got a shot at it. Jacksonville's got a shot at it. Like they they got locked in, and I expect them to come out on national TV and remind people of it. So no, I'm not with you. I think the Chiefs win the game. I I think Jordan Love is rounding into form, and he's playing well. And it wouldn't surprise me if this game goes over the total. I think it's I think it's a little low, frankly, but I don't I don't think that uh, Jordan Love is ready to beat Pat Mahomes in this spot. I'm not with you. Are you betting it money line? 
I probably will. And I saw Rashawn Gary have those sacks against Detroit and play such a big role yeah. in that for them. I think their defense is getting healthy. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm a believer in Green Bay here as a team that gets to nine or ten wins now and makes the playoffs. And I think that this is going to be a game that reminds they got extra time to prepare for it coming off of Thanksgiving. Uh, LaFleur, I think, as an offensive coach, is starting to show his stripes again with the way they're so young on offense and those guys have all gotten better over the last few weeks. Yeah, it was a big result for the Packers tonight that Seattle lost. Packers were minus 110 this morning to make the playoffs. So their, their schedule is very, very favorable down the stretch after this game uh, against against. All right, Kansas. so now I'll ask you about the team in the NFC North. You've liked to win it all year. Lions and Saints, how worried should we be about the Lions? Worried. Because I thought that they could win the NFC. And I think that that is now looking pretty damn unlikely. But before the year, you know, would you have said Lions win the division, Lions win a playoff game, successful season? Of course. Right. I think that is still very much in play and likely for them. I mean, they're going to win the division. And then they'll get a home playoff game and they'll be a decent favorite in it. And I think that they will likely win it because of what the bottom of the NFC is. And we'll see, you know, there's still a lot to be determined there on what that matchup is going to look like. And I still, I know nobody else really seems to agree with this. I still think that against Philly, that game would be a shootout, much like the game we watched tonight with Seattle and Dallas. Like I think that those, that both of those teams would score uh, at will on each other. And it might be whoever has the ball last, whoever gets some luck with a turnover or that outside in January. At Lincoln yeah. Financial Field, you think that they would score a lot of points? I do. Okay. I would not. I unless it's an unseasonably warm day and it's 60 degrees, I do not see that happening for him. I think the Lions offense is still very good. Like, I'm not very worried about the offense. I, I do think that the defense is a problem for them. So I, I still think the Lions are a team that more often than not is going to put a big number on the board. Uh, and the in the golf turnover thing is just bad luck, and it's gonna he's gonna snap out of it beginning here against New Orleans. It's been what? I mean, it was the the Bears game and the Thanksgiving game. It's it six two, turnovers in his last two games. In two games, yeah, yeah, two games. For the most part, he has been for two years. He has been excellent at taking care of the ball. I think that that is likely going to be uh, an an aberration, and he will be fine. Honestly, Jameson Williams is starting to look a little bit better recently. So I think that there's a chance that that helps them here. Do you do you have the Saints plus four? I probably game? will. Yeah, I think I will have them. Uh, I am worried about my Lions bets. I have I have futures in them just like you. They well, you're, you're, did you bet them for the North or just for bigger tickets? Because no, the I North have bigger tickets. I have seen in Super Bowl on them. Yeah, so okay. I, think, I, I, think, I have all three. I have all. Three. I think those. I think those. I think those t- tickets stink right now. I think those are. I don't even, I, I probably have even lost value on them with the way they've played the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I'm, I'm, am I worried? Yes. I think that Dan Campbell, who is still probably uh, either one or two for coach of the year, I think he made him, I think he made a mistake not overhauling his defensive staff more. I think this Aaron Glenn situation might backfire. You had guys like Vic Fangio who were available. He didn't go out and get them. Jim Schwartz, you know, we've seen coordinators go back to where they were a head coach like Vance Joseph 
in Denver if you pay the guy well enough. I think they're going to regret that. Um, I think the personnel's better defensively. I think the defense actually there is underachieved uh, based on the quality of player they have now, the guys that they've upgraded in the offseason. Um, so, yeah, I'm worried. I think uh, you say win a playoff game. If they get Green Bay again, I don't think I, I don't I don't know if they'll beat them in a rematch. If that's a if that's a three six game in the NFC Wild Card weekend. So yeah, I think I think right now that they're they're a shaky team and well, and it could be I mean it could be Seattle who already beat them in Detroit. Yep, could be the Rams too, which would be interesting. Stafford against Golf that would, would be very great. good. That would be great. Uh, Broncos and Texans. Loved your question for this one. Which team would scare AFC division winners more as a wild card team? I don't think there's any question it's Denver. And my answer on this probably would have been different a couple of weeks ago. In fact, I know it would have been. Uh, Denver's defense, they forced 15 turnovers during this five-game winning streak. They're getting after people. Uh, they have, they've put it together. Despite, you know, Kareem Jackson's suspensions and things like that, they got Jewel back at linebacker. Um, Simmons is a really good player. Their front seven is looking like it did last year when they were, you know, what was, they had a crazy stat. Remember last year, Danny, if they had held teams, uh, you know, if, if their offense had scored just 17 points, they would have had a winning record last year. It was just amazing. Um, Wilson, we know his playoff record is very good. And so CJ Stroud turned the ball over two games ago against Arizona, not as much against Jacksonville, but made a couple of questionable decisions late in that game and the Sean Payton factor too for Denver. So I would say the Broncos right now would be the scarier team. They're both, I think, would be live wires in the first round and intriguing teams, but I think overall it would be Denver. So I agree with you. Um Obviously, C.J. Stroud, as a X factor who can put up points and is a gamer, is terrifying. But of those division winners, I'm not sure that there's any of those teams that is going to like look across and say, ah, "I'm really worried about our quarterback being able to win a shootout." Right? Like, I don't think that if Mahomes or Trevor Lawrence or Lamar Jackson got that spot they'd be shaking in their boots. So I don't think anyone's going to be scared of these teams, but Denver on this winning streak, man, they will have the belief. I mean, Kansas city, Buffalo, a quarterback who's won a super bowl, a coach who's won a super bowl. They absolutely would go into a spot and say, we can beat anybody and, and, and believe it and have the pedigree and be able to carry it through. I, I, Denver, uh, Denver would be a, a big underdog against Kansas City at Arrowhead if they played in the first round, and I would pick Kansas City to win the game. But they've they beat them. They've beat them once, and you know played them in a weird. That's what, but I, that's what I was just going to say. I, they, it's crazy because they beat them what sixteen times in a row. 15 yeah, I think or sixteen or fifteen times or in a row. Yeah. But if I'm Denver, I'd, I I want that game. I, well, but, but I mean, that, that, that's through ended. It was 15 or 16 in a row. That's then, what then, I, that's, that, but that's what I mean. I, yeah. If I'm Kansas City, they're they're not high on my on my preference list of teams I'd want to play in the first round. They're familiar with you. They've completely shut down your offense in two games to the tune of one offensive touchdown scored. So we're talking about teams. Now, Miami, Miami 
it, then again, if I'm Miami, I wouldn't want to see him again because like Denver right. would go in there thinking we gave up 70 points and got embarrassed. We're not going to let it happen again. So I, I do think it's possible if they get in, they could make they they could make it and might actually make it to the uh, divisional round of the playoffs. Denver the rest of the way, Houston, LA, Detroit, New England, LA, Vegas. Mm. Not not the easiest schedule. Not the scariest though either. Two LA teams in New England in there. Yeah. I mean, Chargers are obviously live in those and the, spots. And the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. Um Bengals and Jaguars. T. Higgins, he's back. How big do, how big is that for Bengals big picture? Yeah, because this is the Monday night game, and I was thinking to myself, like, you know, Higgins, everybody I talk to around the Bengals just seems to think that he's done there after this year. That was the that was the the logic going into the season that they weren't going to be able to pay everybody. Yeah. And so do you look at it like a Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison situation, Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce? these great tandems in NFL history with wide receivers, because I do, I do look at it that way. And so I think that this is a, you know, the, the, I want to follow up and say that the Bengals people I also talked to seem to think like the world will keep spinning there for them when this guy leaves. But I'm not, I'm not uber confident about that. I think they're going to miss him badly. I think it could turn into a situation like we see in Buffalo with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen where where Burrow really only trusts one guy and wants to go to him over and over and over again and just teams know every week there's one thing we really need to stop and it's hard because the wide receiver is one of the best in the world but there's really not a plan B there or an alternative way of atta- of beating you. So, yeah. I, so I, mean, I think it's a I think it's a great wide receiver duo. I don't know that I would put it on the tandems uh, that you mentioned, just because they didn't actually win a Super Bowl, and the length the length of time that they would have been together would not be a there's not as much longevity there. But he is great. There are some great number twos. I mean, Jalen Waddle is a great number two. Devontae Smith is a great number two. The wide receiver position is is very deep in the in the NFL right now so it's a huge loss for for them and it feels like a, a, a an end of an era and we you know and we I love the Buffalo comp because a lot of the talk about Buffalo was like did their window close and I pushed back against that and so far it looks like I am wrong on that but I still think that Josh Allen we have not heard the last of him in the playoffs and making put up putting up huge numbers and all of that going forward and I go back to what Joe Burrow said, our window is open as long as I am here. I do think, I mean, he's had two huge injuries now, and then they lose him. It would not strike, you know, next year probably is a another step back season, like a retool season. Um, but I do think that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, we are going to, they'll, they'll figure out a way and they will add around him. And that they are, the, that is the type of place, even though it's Cincinnati, I understand that, but like, Burrow's the type of guy that players would want to go play for as they ring chase when they're 30 years old and still productive and they've gotten paid two times and they want to go sign one or two year deals. Like even though it's Cincinnati, like that doesn't really matter. Geography doesn't really matter in the NFL. So I do think Burrow and chase would be a pretty attractive uh, recruiting pitch 
for veteran receiver X who wants to go get a ring. Not going to be as good as Higgins, though. And no. Burrow, before uh, he signed the big contract, was rumored to take yeah, a discount deal to allow for them to keep Higgins, and he didn't do that. So clearly, he's doing what 99% of Americans would do and just trying to make as much money as he can. No one's going to begrudge him for that. Also, it speaks to his confidence level that he really doesn't think he needs the guy necessarily to win a championship. And I just think it's possible with that organization that we're going to look back and say that game against the Rams was their best chance to win a Super Bowl. And when Higgins left, that opportunity was greatly, uh, severely uh, affected by that. And they never, uh, and, and, and sightings like Orlando Brown, where they invested big money in an offensive lineman, Danny, and it really hasn't worked out the way that they wanted it to regret that because you could have saved that money for T Higgins. So, all right, next. I just wanted to say uh, people obviously are mostly listening to this as a podcast, but if you are listening on the radio, we're first in pod subscribe rate review. We appreciate you. Okay. So the next one is, is uh, dolphins commanders. Yeah. Jack Del Rio got sacked there. He got fired. And the question I have for this one is what becomes of Eric B enemy. And I included here that I have a theory. I would I have love a theory to hear on this because Ron Rivera is going to get fired at the end of the year. He's had one winning season in his last eight years. Josh Harris, the owner there, pretty much put out a statement that said, hey, hold tight. I know all my fans want me to fire the head coach right now. This press release pretty much says that I'm going to fire the guy at the end of the season. But I'm going to be respectful towards Rivera and give him the end of the year, give him the full year. and do it in a more graceful manner, not an abrupt manner right now. That's how I took that. So here's what I'll say about Biennemi, because he's not getting the opportunity then, Danny, to be an interim coach and prove himself over five or six games. And I think that, you know, I don't I don't really feel like it's a guarantee or slam dunk that they're going to promote him to be the head coach there and just have a continuation of the staff that's already there with a lieutenant that takes over as head coach. What do you think of this idea? Eric Bieniemy is Colorado's offensive coordinator. I mean, why wouldn't he have done that like at USC when he had the opportunity to? Because do it? it's not the same thing as working for Deion Sanders. It's almost like, and I know they sucked and they won four games, but the way Colorado gets covered and talked about, it's almost like they're the thirty-third NFL team. Like if he went there and did well. Deion Sanders got his name thrown around by like credible people for the Raiders job when when uh, McDaniels got fired. Dude, There's- Eric Bieniemy. do you know who leads the NFL in passing yards? Sam Howell. Yes. Why does he need to go to college to prove that he can be an NFL? I don't know, Danny. Why did he not get a head coaching job when he was the Chiefs offensive coordinator? Well, because Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes get all of the credit and Matt Nagy wasn't successful. So- and like having Sam Howell lead the NFL in passing yards is the most impressive thing Eric Bieniemy has done as a coach. And you, I disagree with that. You you think that he's going to be a head coach off of what the work he's done with Howell this year in the NFL next season? I, I mean, if not next year, he doesn't need to go to college. Okay, so where is he going to go, though? He's going to be someone else's coordinator next year then. I mean, you've written him off already as being the Washington head coach. Why wouldn't they just promote him now then? 
I mean, I've been saying they should have done do that for four weeks. Right. That makes me think he's not going to be their head coach next year. But it might be something about respect for Rivera and who is like a super honorable man and who does command respect everywhere that he goes within league circles. I could see that being a possibility. Uh, I could see him being attached to that job as the offensive coordinator for the next head coach. That's possible, even though that normally would hurt your talent. I think he'd be better off as Colorado's offensive coordinator and his alma mater in terms of the amount of publicity and shine he'd get. And if they were good with Sanders kid, my God, I think he, I think he'd have an easier time coming back to the NFL as a head coach. Having done that than working with Sam Howell for an extra year. You think that that's a better job? Yes. I do not. With the way it gets talked about and covered, absolutely. Yes. They won how many games? They won won four. But Colorado's, they just gave the guy the sports person of the year, Danny. Which was dumb. Which was dumb. And and the Raiders job, I mean, everybody gets talked about for the Raiders job because they're insane. It's his alma mater. You seem to be overlooking that. He could have taken that job. Before it was something. Now, now it's got the Deion Sanders name attached to it. He okay. He could have been the head coach at Colorado. Yes, I know that. So now he's going to be the offensive coordinator because of Deion when because, he's an offensive because, coordinator. Because in the, the Deion, the Deion tide lifts all boats. I don't like it. I don't like that. I, I, just, I think it's disrespectful to Eric Bieniemy. He's better than that job. I don't just. Dis, I don't disagree with you on that. But I think. I, I think it would. My guess right now is he's not an NFL head coach next year again for another season. Okay. So Arizona and Pittsburgh is the next game. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask your football question, but I want to, when we're done recording this podcast, I have to pack and then I have to wake up at six in the morning and I'm going to the airport and we are flying to Arizona and my mother-in-law is here and we got Childcare to watch the two children, the four, the nearly four-year-old and the 18-month-old. And Steph and I are taking a much-needed husband and wife vacation to Tucson for a friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. And I got, a, I got a golf game scheduled, and she wants to go on a hike, and we got a wedding, and we got, we got an itinerary. Is it bad that I want to cancel everything and just go to Tucson and sleep for three days? Is that, no. a, does that does that make me old? And no, lost, I mean, is, is somebody up? is someone that changed like the biggest crappy diaper of my entire life like six hours ago, and my wife the night before slept in the guest bedroom and said, "You wake up in the middle of the night and feed her." I can relate to like the sleep deficit thing and it being real and wanting the, and prioritizing that over all other forms of fun and entertainment. So no. I just, I just want to go to a hotel with my wife, have marital relations, and sleep. I don't even need that. If, if they got enough sports channels and packages and stuff, I'm good with that. I don't even need that aspect. I'll order room service want, and watch games. I just want to relax and do nothing. That is all I'm looking forward to. But, like, there's going to be too many things to do. Okay. Uh, for the Steelers, do you think Kyler Murray's auditioning? For your squad? Uh, I don't, but I think that there's probably a perception out there that that might be possible. I mean, if Kyler Murray's not in Arizona next year, who is he going to play for? 
what's the list of quarterback needy teams? Uh, New, New England. England is New England going to trade for a guy who had to have a homework clause put into his contract? Is that, I mean, I guess Bill Belichick won't be there. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Belichick won't be there. It's going to be a new day. And the new day is, it was no days off to a guy who played video games over uh, prepping for games. Real That's games. A very, it's a very new day. Yeah. Um, Kyler Murray's probably better than Kenny Pickett, but even with the coordinator change, probably. I can't see the Steelers doing something as bold as this again for a guy Mike Tomlin talks about football justice all the time. You get you uh you get out what you put in. Is Kyler Murray and that huge contract going to be something that appeals to him? Highly unlikely. So there in this match game of finding new homes for quarterbacks, I saw this matchup and I'm like, well, maybe fans think the Steelers would dip their toe into the Kyler Murray sweepstakes or pool and I just don't think that's going to happen and it made me contemplate like well what are the realistic Atlanta for this guy Atlanta's a pretty good spot for him I think they take fields before him I mean it's not a guarantee that fields is available oh back to that now okay (laughs) I mean it's not a guarantee uh Falcons and Jets Aaron Rodgers is back practicing this seems to anger some fans in media. Why? Because they think he lied again. Is that what this is about? Like lack so, of transparency so, and disingenuous behavior. So I talked him? to a doctor who's done the bridge surgery on the Achilles. And he's like, you know, it, it's what it's designed to do. And in theory, he maybe has more risk tolerance because he's not 25 and he's been paid and it's at the end of his career and all of that stuff. But like, I think this is all for show. He apparently came out and said, well, I mean, if we're not in it, you're not going to be in it. So they opened up the practice window on the off chance that they win a couple of games in a row and they're still alive. And then I guess he'd give it a shot, which I still think is insane. But I think it's 10 to one that he plays again. Who is the show for? Is it for the Jets organization and the guys in that locker room that they get to see him at least try to come back? Ego. But why would his ego shrink if he just did the normal recovery timetable for tourniquet? Because he believes that he he believes that science and modern medicine is is bogus, and that he is. The, the healer and blue of earth and ayahuasca and that, you know, if you believe in, like, if you so believe in minute. Fauci, then he doesn't believe in so science. Wait a minute then. If, if, so I'm not saying you're wrong about that. If that's, if that's right, then I don't think their record matters. Cause I think he's going to want to go. I think he's hedging his bet. I think he is coming back to practice. And then he's saying, but I mean, obviously, I'm only going to play if we're in contention. If we were in, if these guys would have won some games, I would have been back. But now there's no reason for me to be back. But I could have been back. I could have done it if these guys would have carried carried their way. All they had to do was be 500, and I would have come back. But these guys couldn't even be 500 without me. But I was ready to come back. Just what are their next you. two games? Is it Falcons at home and uh, Texans at home? 
Uh, it's Falcons Texans. I don't know where the Houston game is offhand, but it is. Yeah, both at home and then at I want Miami. him to win both and get to six and seven because that would put him in a predicament here, man. Because six and seven, they'd still be alive. Yeah, because the the first report <laughs> was that for that man, it would be fun. And then the next the next game is at Miami. Uh, so that would be very fun. All right, give me the next one. I'm not going to happen, though, for the record. Um, All right, next game, Browns and Rams. Your question is, is Miles Garrett Hakeem Olajuwon? Let me explain. Yes. Please do. Okay. Now, I am not a big Miles Garrett fan. I think he's overrated. He very rarely plays well against the Steelers. So it's just, it's the defensive equivalent of Lamar Jackson, who never really has a big game against the team that I watch every week. And that so because does you color. personally don't experience it. Yeah. It can't be real. That colors my, it can be, but like that's where biases come from. If a guy always kills your team, you think he's better. If he always stinks against your team, you think he, you think he's worse. Okay. Um, and so that's miles Garrett in a nutshell against the Steelers. He had one big game in this year, a couple of weeks ago, and that's really the only big time damage he's ever done against them. But I have to concede he's having a huge year. PFF just said he's on pace to have their highest pass rushing grade that they've ever handed out. So here's what I meant by the Hakeem Olajuwon thing. I don't think Houston regrets passing on Michael Jordan because they got a guy that won two championships there and is probably one of the five or 10 best centers in NBA history. All we hear about is Sam Bowie. We don't hear about Hakeem Olajuwon. When yeah. We go back and think about that draft, right? Yeah. The Browns have needed a quarterback for since Otto Graham retired. I think Miles Garrett is good enough defensively where they don't get lumped in with the Bears taking Mitch Trubisky and passing on Mahomes. Do you agree with that? Uh, I I do agree with that because they just simply didn't take him. And every, but like, they needed one because they didn't they, take Baker Mayfield till the next year. Correct. But that year in that, is that a valid draft. criticism if you were in Cleveland would you look back on that year and say oh my god they could have had Mahomes of course of course but you, it would be like what could have been not a they should have taken him nobody had a quarterback as a higher graded player than Miles Garrett and the conventional wisdom was still well you don't need to take a QB one a DN can be that like if you go back and you look at number one picks that are non quarterbacks, the pass second rushers. Most, pass, pass rushers, rushers. yeah, by, by far. I mean, the last receiver who was one because some people are like, oh, the Bears will just take Marvin Harrison Jr. one. No, they won't. Mm-hmm. Like they're either taking Caleb Williams or taking Drake May or trading the pick. Yeah, like and they need Marvin Harrison Jr. But they would trade down and then try to take Marvin Harrison Jr. Last receiver who was number one overall was Keyshawn Johnson in nineteen ninety six. So it is a what could have been. I don't think it's Hakeem Olajuwon because Miles Garrett hasn't won anything. But it's obviously a spectacular pick, and he's a great player. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, exactly. But he hasn't he hasn't won anything, so he's not the, a legend like Hakeem Olajuwon. But as always, your outside-the-box theories are spectacular. But ask me the next question. Chargers and Patriots convinced Belichick would win in L.A. with the Chargers next year. No, of course not. No, because the guy coming off a bye week couldn't keep me alive in Survivor and beat Tommy DeVito. 
so happy that again you get on me for the miles garrett thing and now you're just gonna ride this personal bias for the oh. rest of the dude's life I, dude, i'm not even convinced if i had a hall of fame vote i would vote him in as a first ballot hall of famer i am sickened and disgusted by this version of bill belichick and dude the chargers voodoo like yeah old guy i'm a little bit of an ageist Defensive coach, couldn't beat Tommy DeVito, Chargers are cursed. No, I'm not convinced that he would win in L.A. Uh, either am I, even though I think that's going to be where the football media tries to push him there uh, because it's, you know he would, would not have to develop a quarterback, which he's never done other than Brady. Um, developing Brady, the thing I give him credit for is allowing for Brady to play, to give him a chance to play. That was a big thing for a six-round pick to get that opportunity. Uh, the other thing about this game, if Justin Herbert throws a touchdown pass, he becomes the, he he would have the most touchdown passes by a quarterback in the first four seasons of a career. It's a, all of those Herbert stats though, have to be colored by the fact that he played as a rookie and Mahomes didn't. Yep. That's exactly right. Thank you for saying that. I knew I could it's, count Because it's not a games played thing. It's a first four seasons years. of a career thing. Because like yeah. if, if you do first get, like through X number of games, Mahomes has all of the records. Yep. If you do it through X number of seasons, Herbert has the records. Panthers <laughs> and Bucks. Frank Reich fired. Now what? I mean, I think that every time something like this happens, people will say, well, who's going to want that job? There's 32 of them. So someone, right? We thought that the Arizona job was bad and the defensive coordinator of the team that was in the Super Bowl took the job. So someone's going to want the job. Someone's going to take the job. Someone's going to, and they're going to get paid a bunch of money to do the job. Um, I'd be surprised though, if it was, like a marquee home run hire. I do think that he might have backed himself into a bit of a corner there unless he is going to pay stupid over-the-top money. Like, I don't which think this is... Which he, which he might do. But, like, I don't think this is the job that Jim Harbaugh takes. I don't think this is the job that Bill Belichick takes. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, I, I do think that, like, there's enough toxicity around it that it's probably going to have to be a first-time coach who maybe wouldn't get another opportunity. So he's got to go work for the dysfunctional owner with the quarterback attached to it when they have no first-round pick. So I do think that that's the likely outcome here, unless he just decides that he's going to pay like $20 million a year for a coach. Yeah, I'm and I'm rooting that he does that, and I want it to be Bill Cower. That I want it to be like Dick Vermeil coming out of a 20-year hibernation to coach the Rams after he retired from Philadelphia and broadcasted. Tepper's a, a Pittsburgh guy, and Cower went to NC State and has a lot of people that he knows in North Carolina. So that's what I am personally rooting for. I like Cower leaves CBS and gets like $15 million a year to be the coach. Won't happen, but I want him to at least try. Okay, last one, Colts and Titans. Is Shane Steichen a coach of the year candidate? Why is his name not come up for this for this award? If they win on Sunday, Danny, they're seven and five. I mean, the answer is yes. Like 
I don't know that people follow this one as closely as we have because I feel like we've given this award to four different people in the last five <laughs> weeks. Yeah. You know, um, Dan Campbell, Kevin O'Connell, D'Amico Ryans, Mike McDaniel. Hell, we even talked about Sean Payton. Um, and Sean Payton, we probably were a little out of our, our skis on that because their win total before the year was pretty high. And normally this award is simply about overachieving. So the Colts had the same win total as the Texans. Right. So like if, if, if it is an overachiever award, um, then Shane Steichen is definitely in consideration. But it's also sometimes it just goes to the team that like if a guy hasn't won it before and they get the one seed and you win. And there's no two. sex appeal there because he's doing it with Gardner Minshew. And even though it's a backup. But that's impressive. Yeah, it is. But I'm just saying like their team doesn't have. No, D- like D'Amico Ryans would get it over Shane Steichen. Yeah, he probably shouldn't though. Because I think it's I, I think it's more. I think it's more impressive what the Colts have done. Well, I think that the coaching job is more impressive. Right, that's what I mean, and that's what the award is. So, yeah, right, but I right because I think that the, what the Texans are doing is incredibly impressive, but it's mostly about CJ Stroud. Thank you to Spencer Ray, our producer. Thanks to everyone who's listening. We really just want you to subscribe, rate, review, give us a five star review. That matters a lot. It really helps us out. It keeps us employed. Uh, tell people about us. First and pot. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>